Welcome to the HealthCast. I'm your host, Marnie Smith, and joining me today is Dr. Frank Bocking. Dr. Frank Bocking obtained his medical degree from the University of Free State in 1988. Following his internship in 1990, he decided to specialize in pediatrics. Today, Dr. Frank Bocking stands as practicing pediatrician, offering his expertise at Leith Hilton and St. Anne's in Peter Marisburg with a special interest in pediatric learning and attention problems, including autism, ADD, and ADHD. Here to talk about our topic for discussion today, autism spectrum disorder, Dr. Frank Bocking, welcome to the HealthCast. Thank you very much. Thank you for the introduction. I'm happy to be here and to discuss autism and learning difficulties. Dr. Bucking, starting today's conversation with our topic for discussion, can you start by telling our listeners what is autism spectrum disorder? It's an umbrella term which includes different disorders, but in recent years it was put under an umbrella term of autism spectrum disorder. It means that it's a spectrum of diseases. It's not only one. It has got different problems and different outcomes. It's uh, inclusive of, it's a neurodevelopmental disorder and it causes the patient to have social communication and behavioral difficulties. Um, some examples, for instance, for social communication and interaction in a patient with autism. And that doesn't mean that if you have only a single problem that you have got autism, it's a spectrum of disease and it needs to be inclusive of many other problems. So usually patients with autism spectrum disorder would avoid eye contact. Uh, they wouldn't respond to their name by age nine months. They usually don't have good facial expressions. They don't interact with games by the age of 12, like in a pickaboo or something like that. They don't use gestures by 12 months. They usually don't also share interests with others by 15 months, playing alone. They don't point to something that's interesting by 18 months. And they don't notice people hurting or unhappy even by the age of four months, two years. So they wouldn't join children playing at 36 months, but three years. They also don't do pretend playing. They, they would also have restricted and repetitive behavior, mm. which includes them to line up toys, not play with them, play with only with the reels, spinning the reels over and over again have a pattern of playing with, with the specific toys over and over again, and sometimes not using the toy as intended. So not playing with the cars, but only playing with the wheels. They get upset with minor changes in their lives and got obsessive interests in some small detail of their lives. They can flap hands, rock body, and spin them itself in circles just to stimulate themselves. And they have got sometimes very different ways to sound and smells. They, they've 
feel things very intensively. Like an oversensitive person of some sort. Yes. So some form of sensory integration problems sometimes exist with patients with autism. We can discuss them, the management of those later. And yeah. some other interesting facts is that many of the patients are referred and get seen by specialists because of their language delay, not speaking, not communicating well. And they might also have delayed motor and movement skills. They might be hyperactive. They have attention problems sometimes. They might have coexisting other difficulties like sleeping disorders, gastrointestinal orders, and mood and emotional disreactions that are almost outbursts that sometimes happen. I attended a virtual seminar last week regarding neurodiversity in the workplace. And one of the topics we covered was autism spectrum disorder. It was fascinating to hear some of the world's greatest minds, for instance, Elon Musk claiming he has Asperger's syndrome. Dr. Bocking, just for the sake of our listeners, would you mind clarifying the difference between autism spectrum disorder and Asperger's syndrome, and if there are any? Years ago, we had a differentiation between different types of autism spectrum disorder. And Asperger's is one of the better known ones. They are put into movies and the patients are represented as a hyper-functioning adult, mm. almost. And I think they are also now included in the spectrum. So we call it the spectrum. It starts at a very high-functioning to not functioning well alone. So I think one should not talk about specific syndromes anymore. It's, it's more a spectrum of disorders that are lumped together to be able to cheat them and plan their treatment properly. Dr. Bucking, you very nicely covered the early signs and symptoms of children with autism. Would you mind elaborating on how autism is diagnosed? Not always that easy. And I think the older the patient is getting, I'm talking now about a few months and then a year and two years, it is difficult to diagnose a toddler with autism because they don't like strangers, they don't like different situations, and they might react in some ways as if they're autistic. But being in, at home, they might be totally different, and that's the big thing. They need to be the same in different areas of life. That's one of them. And then secondly, I think one should also look at, there are some rating scales that are used. And if you read up about autism, you will come across those rating scales. No rating scales, causes one. Um, so there are different ones. And I think most of them give you an idea. But as a medical professional, we would, make the diagnosis according to the DSM-5, which is the Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Psychiatry, the fifth edition. We'll stick to those. They are quite complicated, but they will include most of the features that we have discussed earlier as presenting science. Then just the same as ADHD, uh, is autism also something you, all the symptoms you need to present with from a young age? It's not something you develop later. Definitely, I think 
in, in ADHD, IDD, is a new thought that you can present later as a first per, a first timer. Usually we have always said that you have to present before seven years of age. That was a DSM-4 with change now to 12. Many people don't remember that what happened to them before seven. That's why they moved to 12 so that they can actually then remember if they are seen, if they are 18 or 20, what happens. 12 years, that's easier. But I think it's, it's in autism in the spectrum, it's usually starts with a communication problem and that's presenting at one to two years where children then haven't got the social cues and the social communication as their peers. So that in, in autism, we would look at a smaller child presenting in ADHD, we would probably try and avoid the diagnosis in preschool, in school, we then, in, in going to school in grade one, we then would see problems starting with concentration, task completion, not listening and not sitting still, the motor behavior. And then we would be pointed towards a learning difficulty, neurodevelopmental problem, and then sort it out. Then, Dr. Bucky, in your opinion, are there certain causes for autism? I think there's no no one specific cause. And, and, and a couple of years ago, we had a big hoo-ha about vaccines. Mm. It's definitely wrong. There were good studies done in the Scandinavian countries where everything that is done to a patient is written down and electronically available. And they have looked at thousands of patients that had that specific vaccine. I don't want to name it because it's going to open a can of worms again. Yeah. And that specific vaccine that was given to patients wasn't seen as an increase in autism in those group of patients, which were thousands. So, yeah. And because of that, I think we, we can definitely say that vaccines are not one of the causes. I think many of the patients, it's an environmental problem. It has to do with age of the parents, um, how quickly the, the pregnancy were, but none of them are single factors that can cause autism. I think it's, it's an neurodevelopmental problem. It's not something that at this stage we have got an exact answer for. We can do some genetic testing, but they are actually extremely expensive, not conclusive, and don't help us to get to an answer and manage the patient further. We need to pay to, to manage the patient as a, as a whole and not the paperwork from the lab. Dr. Bucking, do you think autism is preventable or curable? Is it a matter of when you are diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder, you have it for life? You have it for life. However, that's what I think what should definitely be extremely diligent yeah. to make the correct diagnosis and not sugarcoat it on the one side, not tell the patients parents that it's 
probably just high functioning and it's just as Aspergers and going to be fine. I'm looking at all the patients with autism, spectrum disorders, if they are understood, managed correctly, given time, they will function well. So it's, it's only a small percentage that is having constant, they need constant supervision and help in their lives. But many of these patients are able to function well if they're diagnosed early, which is, as I discussed earlier, is not that easy, not that possible always. And we might overdiagnose and underdiagnose perhaps. And that's why we try and avoid the diagnosis until we're absolutely sure. And as quickly as we can start management, the patient will have a better chance of settling into life in the future. But it's not curable, mm. it's manageable. And the patient then learns to manage his, his or her own behavior in the future. Moving over into some of those management options available, what are the therapies and treatment options available for autism spectrum disorder? It's, it's not one thing, it's a multidisciplinary approach. And as you heard earlier, it's yeah. affect the whole person. So we need to treat communication. That would be speech therapy. We need to treat their motor problems, their sensory integration problems, which would be all um, occupational therapy, the psychological treatment. We need to have social relationships treatment. Uh, we need to look at the family because the family struggles with the, with the social cues. And it's, it's not easy to, to manage a child with autism with tantrums and being difficult and not understanding, having social phobias, not being able to go into clinics, not being able to go into shopping malls. So there are developmental approaches, behavioral approaches. We need to educate these patients. They need to go to school. They need to learn. And some of them might have co-existing problems like ADHD, anxieties, mood disorders, um, which we then also need to manage on top of the autism and to help the function better. Are there certain challenges that adults face with autism moving away from children? So I think it's, it doesn't change much from a child to an adult. So the adults also need to learn to manage their emotions. They need to physically and willfully communicate properly, they are definitely able to love and to express love. However, the facial expressions not always are in coordinating with their emotions and they can't always communicate their emotions. And all this will then be a more an intellectual decision than to be an emotional decision for them. Um, I think that's the biggest issue to, to express emotions intellectually. So they need to then think that I need to be happy. I need to be friendly. I need to greet the people. And that this as a whole is not easy for an adult. And they 
will function very well if things are predictable and routine. Um, that should make them more safe and comfortable. Then, Dr. Bocking, just for the sake of our listeners, would you mind telling us what sparked this special interest in pediatric learning and attention problems in little ones? I always wanted to help children with attention problems because I think they are not understood well. And it was one of my passions that we need to definitely make the patient able to function properly in school. Because if they don't give attention, they don't learn. And because of that, they will struggle in school and in class. And they have so much to give. If you look at the patients at ADHD in the history, for instance, um, many of the film stars, very intellectual people are, have had ADHD. I'm sure most of, some of my professors might have had ADHD because they knew everything about a small area of their life and were extremely passionate about something and they didn't stop and they were pushing. And I think one gets ADHD and learning difficulties in every walk of life. And if you don't help them through school, they never get to their full potential. And then I studied further in neurodevelopmental pediatrics and at WITS, and it was a very good experience. I got to meet the OTs and the speech therapists and all the therapists that are involved in treating the patients, not only the medical person. And it opened my eyes a bit towards everyone that's part of treatment. And that's why I do seeing patients with autism, DHT, ADD. And I also do the state clinic to help patients that can afford private medicine in South Africa. So it's a, it's a passion that comes for the last. Let's, let's not put a year to this. Then, Dr. Barking, is there a way we can support or promote autism awareness and acceptance in society? I think the, the parents, many of my parents are involved in the autism societies and they are definitely doing extreme good work. They've got meetings, they've got information sessions. We try and in, include autism in a way to give information to patients. So even going to schools, so there are some ways that we're trying to get awareness towards the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest drive for that are anyway, the parents that help the, their own children and, and to understand and to talk to other parents and then from there onwards talk to the community and then further. Coming to the end of our conversation today, Dr. Bocking, are there any final thoughts you'd like to share regarding autism spectrum disorder with our listeners? I think from, from a medical side, it's amazing to see 
a parent that really was struggling with their child. And if you then start explaining and the parent understand, and it doesn't make them less concerned or less fearful for the future, but seeing them in six months time or in three months time, and little guy can actually start following small instructions, not running away from strangers, being able to almost play as a normal child, even if he plays alone, it's amazing to see the development happening if you put in everything that you can. Great. Dr. Bucking, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to give some feedback about autism. Wonderful insights from Dr. Frank Bucking. That wraps up today's episode regarding autism spectrum disorder. This podcast is powered by GlobeMed UK, giving you access to the best doctors, treatments, and medical specialists worldwide.